This is the Dairy Brothers Tribecast, a podcast for diehard Cleveland Indians fans. Presented to you by WaitingForNextYear.com. Now, here are the hosts, Matt and Todd Derry. Well, we knew it was coming. We knew it would happen eventually, and it's here. It's the emergency Francisco Lindor trade edition of the Dairy Brothers Tribecast on WaitingForNextYear.com. Matt and Todd with you. Happy New Year, everybody. It is a Thursday, January 7th. Uh, we can actually talk about something other than the disaster that took place yesterday on our nation's capital, at the state capital, and everything else. Um, Matt and Todd with you as Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco are gone. As this is it, Todd, the deal we've been waiting for going to the New York Mets. Uh, two starting infielders coming back. People are upset. People are saying the Dolans need to sell. But uh, we knew this day was here, and uh, here's the podcast. Welcome. Hey. Hey, now. <laughs> first off, let, let, let's start off by saying a couple things. Well, first of all, the whole the trade as a whole, the Mets are getting Francisco Lindor and Carlos Carrasco, and the Indians are getting back two shortstops. Andres, how do you pronounce it? Jimenez or Jimenez? Jimenez. Jimenez. And Ahmed Rosario. A shortstop, Ahmed Rosario, right-handed pitcher Josh Wolf, who was the... 2019 second round pick in the Mets and high school outfielder Isaiah Green, who was the second round pick of the Mets in 2020 and was a top 60 prospect in that draft. So that's what you're getting. Now, here's the thing. There are several angles to play here. Let's start off with the Lindor and Carrasco part. Now, first and foremost, we all knew this was coming. It's been written in stone for the last two years, Francisco Lindor was never going to finish out that contract, which which had one year left uh, of arbitration. The Indians were never going to pay him $20 million in a year. We all knew this was coming. They did not build around him for 2020. They stood pat, which obviously was a mistake. And the way you can look back on it, I talked about this before last season. The time to trade him was before last year, pre-pandemic, Two years of club control. They waited an extra year. They didn't build around them, which made no sense. Three and out in the playoffs, or two and out in the playoffs, should I say. And now here you are and what you're getting, and we can discuss uh, that, but you obviously weren't going to get what you could get with two years of club control. The Carlos Carrasco piece hurts. To be honest with you, the Carrasco piece hurts me more. I'm, I'm I'm with you on that. I'm with you on I've been preparing for Frankie's departure for two years. I knew it was coming. Uh, to be honest, the last two years of his play on the field have kind of helped soften that blow. I mean, listen, I will always love what he did. You know, the 2016, everybody on that 2016 team, you know, whatever, and watching Frankie smile and, and be a great player and be a, a great uh, clubhouse guy and, 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 and uh, ambassador for the franchise, wonderful, okay? I'll always love the guy. But I've been prepared for that. Carrasco being traded, being I think two months away of play from a ten and from his ten and five rights kicking in, which for those that don't know, it's ten years in the majors, five years on a team, right? Isn't that what <laughs> yeah, ten, ten and five? Correct. And 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 you can then basically veto any trade uh, that you want at that point. But long and short of it is, Carrasco took 
two straight contracts well below value, uh, market value, to stay in Cleveland because he loved it. He made this his home. He was the Roberto Clemente Award winner for uh, community service in all of baseball. Battled cancer. Just a wonderful, wonderful ambassador for the game. The city of Cleveland. Everybody loves him. And I really was hoping to see him uh, uh, finish his career here in Cleveland. And that's not going to be the case. And it just throwing him in as a salary dump is borderline gross to me. But it is what it is, guys. I, I, I've been getting I mean, texts right, and no, tweets. No. Hold on, hold on, hold on. No, go ahead. Everybody is going to complain. Everybody is going to call you or call me, and you, you have more Cleveland ties than I do now. I haven't lived there in so long. Uh, by the way, I'll be on the radio tonight on 92.3 The Fan from 8 to midnight. But oh, I forgot about that. Wonderful. Perfect. Right. So, so it will be a lot of Browns. We have to talk about the Indians deal. But listen, the bottom line is this. Indians fans, and a lot of them are going to be gone, and a lot of them are going to say, Dolan's cheap, I'm done. The sport is fucking dead. It's dead. So for people to say, well, this isn't fair, no one is competing. No one's spending any money. Everybody's losing money. There's not going to be a season in two years. Like, this sport's in big trouble. So the Indians are trying their best, whether you like it or not, to get out in front of this. They had to do something. And I was concerned that they were going to be getting a, ba- a prospect haul back for Lindor, and that was it. I never thought in a million years that they would get Andres Jimenez back. He is a major league ready shortstop right now. His glove is magical. I'm telling you. He looks like Jose Iglesias with the hot dog shit at shortstop. He can pick it. He hit a little bit too. He hit 270 or so last year. Now, Ahmed Rosario, he met fans. I look, I watch way too much NL ball, Todd, as you know, due to my fantasy uh, stuff. And I know you make fun of me for it. NL only, baby. <laughs> Team D's. First reference at 612. Executive producer uh, uh, Jeremy can can uh, can uh, suck it. But anyway, Ahmed Rosario is has been a head scratcher. Met fans are like, when are we waiting on Rosario? They've heard about Rosario like we heard about Frankie uh, Francisco Mejia for years. Difference is Rosario's played three or four years in the bigs. He's so he needs a change of scenery. Hopefully, that's at second base for the Indians. You've got your this is your shortstop and second baseman for this year. So at least you got two starters back that are everyday players for Lindor. Carrasco, I'm sad. I'm very sad Cookie's gone. I also know we're trading from a position of strength. So, me today, am I sitting here telling you I'm down in the dumps? I'm not. I'm not. You're 100% right about the sport. I have been tweeting this like a madman every time I see one of these salary dump deals, the you Darvish uh, to the Padres trade um, being the first example. But the truth of the matter is, the sport's dead. It is. You're so right. And, and, when you basically have a franchise like the Indians that essentially is doing everything they can to dump all their possible payroll, and you have other – I mean, look at, look at Tampa. They just made it to the World Series. They let Charlie Morton walk for one year and $15 million to the, to the Braves. Uh, you're going to let the linchpin to your rotation just walk? You're going to trade Blake Snell – 
who has three more years left of, of club control. Great point. For, for, Great point. Yeah, for a bunch of because Todd, they trade everybody. They do. The Rays yeah. dump everybody, and they were in the World Series last year. So people would say, "Oh, the window's closed. It's officially over. Tribe sucks." Wrong. You're wrong. You're wrong. 100 percent wrong. I, I, now, now I, I'll say this though about, about the. Are we as good as the Twins and White Sox? No, but well, that's, well, that that's that was where I was going with this. The the Tampa Rays have a system that seems to be working for them, but it doesn't work for everybody else. The Indians have tried to do the impossible for so many years, which is try to compete and and try to uh, uh, retool on the fly. And at some point, you were going to get to the point where you were going to have to break it all the way down to the studs. And if it weren't for the fact that the Indians had become a, a young pitching factory, that's where they would be right now. The reason why they can compete is because of this unbelievable rotation uh, uh, and stockpile of young arms. Now, the, like you said, the two pieces that they're going to be getting, Rosario and, and Jimenez, will both start second and short, uh, you know, One's 22. Jimenez will be 22 this year. Rosario, 25. You know, Rosario is an interesting piece because in 2019. He had a big year. 15, yeah, he, he, you know, he hit 287 with, with a 755 OPS, 15 homers, 72 RBI, stole 19 bases. Uh, um, you know, he, he just had a terrible 2020. And Jimenez kind of took his spot. It's interesting that they're coming over together. You can basically now say goodbye to any, not that the Indians were going to do this, but Cesar Hernandez, who we both loved, will not be returning. Um, you're, you're basically looking at that, those two guys, as your middle infield. And you got three years of club control on Rosario. You have six years of club control on Jimenez. And then Wolf and Green, obviously, are, are, are prospects that you won't be seeing for a while. By the way, this pickup of Green, this outfielder, it's Isaiah Green, right? Yes, Isaiah Green. Is is he is such the not Indians type of gamble? Meaning the Indians never go get that lotto ticket high school nineteen year old outfielder has never been what they've. Whenever they've drafted outfielders, it's usually college guys. Except for one case, and it's been a bust. Will Benson. Right, but that's a rare that the Indians go for players like that. So. You know, I'm just throwing that out there. Yeah, but so so in the meantime, you're you're looking up at at what the roster looks like, and the rotation's still going to be good. You know, you got the the young bullpen, which will now basically feature Karen Check, Emmanuel Classe, Nick Whitgren, uh, and then a bunch of uh, young younger arms that that you know I think will be fine. And then the the everyday lineup is going to be you know as of today. You're looking at something to the effect of an outfield of, you know, Naylor and Loop, you know, Naylor, uh, probably in left field, Mercado, Oscar Mercado in center, and then the right field platoon of Daniel Johnson and Luplo. And then Rosario, Jimenez up the middle. First base will be, God, who God knows, Bobby Bradley, Jake Bowers. I would think it would be Bobby Bradley. I mean, if you look at the, the lineup right now, and this is good that we're doing this. You would say Mercado leads off, right? Rosario hits second. <laughs> Ramirez, third. you'd have. Uh, all right, Mercado, Rosario, Ramirez, Reyes, Naylor, Bobby Bradley, Robo, Jimenez, and Daniel Johnson will be hitting ninth in right field. You know, you know it's very reminiscent of 
uh, Lofton, Miscal, Bayerga, Bell, <laughs> uh, Tommy, uh, uh, <laughs> Sandy, and Sorrento. That's very reminds me of that. Yeah. And and look, the, the, the Lindor part, uh, you know, everybody's all over it in New York and everybody that I follow on Twitter, you know, the Adam Shines of the world from Sirius and these New York people. Oh, man, this is such a home run for the uh, for the Mets. And, you know, I talked to Ryan Field a little bit just now, my buddy from from here in Detroit, who's now a, a, a sport, the sports anchor, the lead sports anchor, sort of the Jim Donovan of New York uh, at WABC in, in, in New York City. And he's like, hey, look, everybody's so j- jacked up for Lindor. And I said, Ryan, he better perform there because he got a free pass in Cleveland not hitting in the clutch. He doesn't perform in New York, though they're going to be all over him. And for the If he signs a big money long-term deal, which I got to believe Steve Cohen, the new owner of the Mets, who's a billionaire, did not have his front office trade for Frankie Lindor to watch him play for one year. No, I agree. And uh, but but Frankie over the last couple of years, and it's been highly decorated on this show. By the way, we're brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry, Dr. Ben Hornstein, and uh, BreakingT.com, the best T-shirts out there. The Lindor shirts, by the way, on clearance. But uh, uh, my son just uh, texted me, "What do I do with my Lindor jersey?" I'm like, "Hold on to it." You know, I mean, we're going to change the name soon, but. In all honesty, it, it, Frankie better perform in the clutch because the last two years he's been, he has not been a top 10 player. And these people now, and all the national people are going to say, what the Mets just got in Frankie Lindor. Yeah, potentially, yes. But over the last couple of years, if you watched him every night like we have, he has not performed up to standards. He hasn't. Sorry. Uh, now, Andre Knott has mentioned this many times on the A to Z podcast, and he said it on here, on our podcast. There are things that are going on with Frankie that none of us know about, and that when, we, when he eventually leaves, will come out. I'm going to guess that we're going to hear something to the effect of the contract situation really weighed heavily on him, the, the, the uncertainty of the franchise, yada, yada, yada. I, you know, he felt a lot of pressure because there was so little around him to produce. I think we're going to be seeing and hearing a lot of that. And, uh, you know, excuses are like uh, a-holes, as they would say. Everyone's got one. Yeah, it it, it is interesting. Some of it will be justified. Who who knows? I mean, you know, I I don't know. But with, with that said, the fact that we've all known, and this comes back to the sport being so broken, the fact that we've all known for at least two, three years that this date was going to come and that there was absolutely no chance Frankie would ever stay here is the problem here. We've all known that this was going to happen, which brings me back to my original point that before last season with two years of club control was the time to trade Frankie. Now you throw in the pandemic and you throw in his, uh, um, the fact that you only have one year of, uh, of club control left and it's a big deal and, and, and it makes your haul a lot less. And I think that, you know, you and I have talked about this for years. The Frankie Hall was always going to be what this team was going to have to build off of to make that next move. And say what you want about it. We have no idea. Maybe Rosario and Jimenez will be great. Maybe they'll be shitty. Maybe in seven years, Isaiah Green is uh, becomes a superstar outfielder. But we just don't know. So... It's hard to sit here and go, oh, we got fleeced. You don't know that. So before everyone starts 
saying, this trade sucks. We got ripped off. You don't know. You have to let these things play out. We, we, we don't know how the Clevenger deal looks either. For all we know, Josh Naylor caught something in October, and he's going to now take that and become a great, you know, a very good player and a starting outfielder for the Indians for the next year, four years. If in four years he sucks and he's off the team in two years and you want to come back and say we got fleeced, I'll agree with you. But we just can't sit here and make sweeping, we got fleeced, you know, you can't make those statements right now. You just got to let things play out. Matt and Todd with you, Dairy Brothers Tribecast Emergency Edition here. Happy New Year, everybody. Our first of 2021, Francisco Lindor gone, Carlos Carrasco gone. I'm sad about Cookie. I, I am. I think that uh, uh, that's a warrior right there. That's a guy that put his heart and soul into this city. Uh, you are now losing the two Carloses who meant everything to the fan base and for the diehard fans like Todd and I and executive producer Jeremy and Ags and all the people that we know that love the team. And it's a small handful. A lot of you that are listening right now that go to two games a year and hop on the bandwagon uh, and that are more concerned about how Colin Sexton looks right now and maybe LeBron will come back for a third time. The hell with you. Um, as baseball lovers like us that, 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 that agonize over every game, that sit there in May and, May and are and – are, and are, and are, and are, stomping through the bedroom and my wife is like honey you get you've got there's 120 more of these why are you sweating so much that's how much i love this organization and that's how much i love the indians and whatever their name's going to be in two years but um carrasco and santana meant everything and i don't think we can do this show today and not mention that the owner is cheap and that if this is the way baseball is going to be run that the indians are going to need a new owner because if the payroll is going to sit at 40-some-odd million this year, that's embarrassing, even through a pandemic. The, the payroll was $120 million just a couple of years ago. So if we need a new owner and that, and that will at least get the payroll uh, somewhere above water, I'm all for it. I'm all for it. I'll be very interested in seeing what Paul Dolan has to say on this one. Well, I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and defend him. Um, I tried that. Uh, and then every time I try to defend him, he does something that makes me not want to defend him anymore. Um, you know, the bottom line is that he should sell the team. It, and, and I truly believe, and I've said this on this podcast before, and I said it on 92.3 when they had me on to discuss this as well. I've, I, I believe that he has always wanted to keep this team in family hands so his father could see the team win uh, a World Series. Now his father is getting old, and and I don't think is in the greatest of health, but he's he's still alive. Larry Dolan, the guy, the man who who bought the team, um, you know, uh, uh, back from uh, Dick Jacobs. I, I, I think that was always his plan. Um, things obviously could have gone differently in 2016. I don't know if they are still owning the team right now. I I, I really don't. But but you know, in in the end. You need a billionaire owner if you're uh, not not a millionaire owner, and uh, or somebody who at least treats the team like their toy and not their main source of of income. And it's been very disappointing. You know, he's he's made some some comments that have been terrible. Uh, you, you know, the old Frankie enjoy him thing is going to is going to live with Paul Dolan for a long time. Horrible. Um, I, I've always respected the stability of it, uh, uh, but but you know what? If you can't ever keep a star player and you know this and 
the, the you can't and, and you're you're looking at a payroll. It's the same thing with the Pirates too. You look at the Pirates. All they do is dump their good players too. I mean, Garrett Cole got to the point where they needed to dump them. They dumped them. You know, it, it, it's 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 not just a Cleveland problem. It's a baseball problem. Um, and you know, Paul Dolan is by all accounts a very good guy, but you know, doesn't mean he should be owning this team anymore. It's it, at, at a certain point. He's going to that that's the other thing. He bought the team, I believe the number was three hundred and twenty three million. The valuations on all these MLB teams at this point are, are well over a billion. So whatever he he ends up selling, he's going to get back. And then the other piece of this that I don't think enough people talk about, the lease on the stadium is up in twenty twenty three. And that could become a very big problem. They're they're who knows what's gonna happen. Maybe Paul maybe maybe Paul Dolan says I want to keep this team through 2020, get the lease, you know, extended for I don't know how many more years so the team stays in Cleveland. We have no idea if he sells that somebody who buys the team is not going to say, you know what, fuck this, we don't have any fans, I'm moving to Nashville, they're going to build me a new stadium, you know, something like that. It could happen. So that's another thing to keep an eye on is that stadium lease being up in 2023. It's a great point, and uh, you're spot on with that, Todd. I just, you know, I would have a hard time thinking that he would do that to this community. Um, I don't think he would either, but that's, I think that's why he's, another reason you know, why he's hanging out. And what's, what else is interesting is, and I'm sure I'm going to take some angry phone calls tonight on 92.3, but, you know, if we were so bad and this franchise was the worst ever and Dolan's got to sell, why did, why did Chris Antonetti uh, uh, stay? Why did Mark Chernoff uh, Mike Chernoff, excuse me, his dad is Mark. Why Why did Mike Chernoff stay? Mike Chernoff could have been GM of the Mets. His hometown team, he grew up in New Jersey. Why is Tito still here? Like, we must be doing, we must be doing something, we must be doing something right. The Indians must be, all these scouts, all these front office people, the guys that have left, Falvey, now the GM of the Twins, all, all those guys, Ross in Toronto, all these guys, that Shappy, if you want to throw him in the mix, um, all have left, but have all elevated their games in terms of their job status. Like, the Indians don't have people that just leave. And it must say something for this franchise. Do I think they're going to win the World Series next year? No. I'm a, I'm a slappy. I always have hope. You get in, you never know. we got to win a playoff game first because we, we're in some sort of long drought there because we keep getting swept. But... You know, you still have to have pitching. This team still has Shane Bieber, still has Zach Plesac, and I think can build a young rotation and continue to with Savali. And, you know, losing Carrasco hurts more emotionally, but let's be honest, um, he can be replaced in that rotation. It's not like they have nobody. So that's where I guess I'm a little optimistic. But, yeah, it still sucks. I get it. I get that. Yeah. Got to score runs to win games, <laughs> we, you know. And, and if I, I don't know how Jose Ramirez uh, will ever see anything to hit at this point uh, next year. But uh, listen, we'll see. Stranger things have happened. I mean, you look at that Tampa team, and you look up and down that lineup, and I guarantee the the casual uh, fan of baseball hadn't heard of more than half of their lineup, and they had the you know the the way their pitching was with with Snell and uh, Glass now and, and Morton, two of those three who have now been dumped unceremoniously. Um, you know, they got all the way to the World Series because they – so who knows? Again, I'm not sitting here and telling you I think the Indians are going to be great. I think they're going to finish third. And I thought that with Frankie or without Frankie, they were going to finish third. 
but stranger things have happened. I'm not going to sit here and, and, and cry over this and say, you know, uh, th- this team sucks. I'm not going to watch anymore. I love this team. I'll watch no matter what. I will stick with them no matter what. Um, it's it's absolutely a sad day, but this is a day that we've all known has been in the cards for more than two years. So, you know, my wife, your sister-in-law, texted me about an hour ago and said, when, when she heard about the trade, and she said, oh, are you sad? And I said, you know what? I'm not sad because I've known this is coming. Yeah. I'm actually more upset that Carrasco's traded than I am the Frankie's traded because I love Cookie so much as a human being more than a pitcher. I just, you know, he embodies everything that you want for a player that you root for. So I'll always be a fan of him. And this kind of brings us around and kind of is a bow, wraps a bow on the end of the 2016 Indians era. You know, you had the players like no more, you know, now that Santana and Lindor and Carrasco are gone. Those those years are kind of now in a in a bottle. You know what I mean? Yeah. You. I mean, all you have left. We 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 mentioned the guy, the starting nine. If that was going to be what it is, the only ones left now are Jose Ramirez and Roberto Perez. And yeah. Roberto Perez was only a starter that year at the end of the year and shined his, his star shined in the World Series because Jan Gomes got hurt. So I'm with you, Todd. I, you know, we'll we'll talk more about it. We'll. We'll get the reaction uh, once everybody speaks on it, but we wanted to do the emergency pod right away and get it out. And uh, that's where I, that's where we're at with it, man. I, it's great to hear your voice again. It's good to do the show again. Hey, it's good to hear your voices always. Not that I haven't heard it in a while. But <laughs> <laughs> it's, 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 it's good to talk some some tribe, even though it's it's sad. We he, you and I have been literally waiting for this day to make this to create this podcast and uh you know to be honest it's made me stop thinking about the uh lunacy in washington for for the last hour so you know maybe they were I, it's it's funny uh, uh follow on twitter my man butcher he said he said it yesterday in mid-coup attempt now's the time that the indians should trade lindor yeah he was right yeah yeah he so, was right so there you go all right, that'll do it for us. The emergency episode of the Dairy Brothers Tribecast. Uh, you find it at waitingfornextyear.com, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by the Center for Advanced Dentistry. If you're not going to Dr. Ben Hornstein, uh, you have uh, uh, you have emotional and mental issues. And, of course, br- <laughs> what's that? He said, is that so? <laughs> yes, he's that good. He's that good. I'm just joking around. And uh, BreakingTea.com, uh, go to BreakingTea.com slash Dairy, D-E-R-Y, and uh, check out all the, all the, all the gear. The, you want brown shirts, tribe shirts, use the, use the promo code uh, TRIBECAST10 for 10% off. Todd, uh, we'll do it again soon. Sounds good, brother. I'm Bruce Martin, host of Pit Pass Indy. Each week, I go behind the scenes of the NTT IndyCar Series and introduce our listeners to the biggest stars of IndyCar, which features the Indianapolis 500 as its cornerstone event. The men and women that compete in IndyCar may be the bravest athletes in all of sport as danger lurks around every corner. They are able to look danger in the eye without flinching. That is why the NTT IndyCar Series features the best racing on the planet. 
Join me every week as we talk to the stars of IndyCar, including the legends of the Indianapolis 500 on Pit Pass Indy from Evergreen Podcast. 